Welcome today. Uh, today's guest is Peter Ludwig, and he is the CEO of Procrastination.com and the best-selling author of The End of Procrastination, which has been translated into over 15 languages. And he joins me to discuss the inverse connection between procrastination and purpose, talks about overcoming procrastination through passion and persistence, the two main things you need to have. And he also talks about having the courage to change things and dedicating his life to doing only meaningful activities. Uh, great conversation. I've been looking forward to connecting with Peter and excited to have him on the show because I think procrastination is something that many of us can relate to where we find ourselves getting stuck but not knowing how to get past it. And so uh, please dig in, enjoy the conversation with Peter. And I also want to mention, if you haven't found it yet, is recently I started up a YouTube channel and really just a, a chance to play around a little bit. You'll find some of the most recent, more popular episodes posted there. Um, there's no video. It is really just the audio. And there is also a little bit of video of me doing some short segments, five, 10 minutes long, just kind of sharing some of my thoughts on some different topics, which is a little bit of an experiment, a little bit different because, you know, normally I'm interviewing the guests. They're the expert in what they're talking about. But I want a chance to just kind of step back, share some of my thoughts, and get some of your feedback and, and bounce some ideas off of you off that. So look it up on YouTube at just Imperfect Action. And also, of course, you can get it from the show notes on the website at rockedwards.com. Really looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts, your perspectives, and your feedback on it. But for now, uh, let's talk to Peter. Let's get started. Welcome to Imperfect Action. This is Brock Edwards. And of course, this is the show where we're always looking for ways to get unstuck, get out of our own way, take action, and really be able to move forward, whether we're talking about in our business, our career, in our life. And today, our guest is Peter Ludwig. Uh, Peter, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what are you up to? Hey, and thank you for having me. And if I want to introduce myself a little bit, uh, I always use like short story from my life because when I was like 18 years old, I had a very uh, strong moment in my life and I experienced something that is called a uh, near-death uh, experience. I had some like medical issue and it really changed my life. And since then, I'm trying to do only meaningful activities. And that's why I wrote a book that is called The End of Procrastination. Because I think that we are wasting a lot of our time doing things that are not meaningful at all. And the book changed my life because it uh, became a bestseller in my country that I'm originally from. It was a number one bestseller. And now the book has 17 translations. So it's basically a bestseller in many other countries. And my life is now very influenced by the book. So I'm going around the world delivering my keynotes about procrastination. And my life mission is to help people overcome their procrastination. First question for you then, and is what is procrastination? How do you define yeah, the, that? Uh -huh. I mean, I, I think that's one of those words where we might have different definitions. So I want to know your definition for it. Yeah, my, my definition is that uh, you are stuck in a moment and you are doing trivial activities instead of doing something meaningful. So, and these days is uh, quite of a, a global problem because we are always distracted by social media by many emails and 
I think that we are wasting a lot of our potential, like really doing things that are not the core of what we can do with uh, our life. So it's, and it's quite sad because the time that is wasted is wasted forever. And we have a data that it's growing. So we procrastinate more than people uh, like five, 10 years ago. So it's a growing problem and it's a global problem. Well, so if we're procrastinating more than people did even just a, a few years ago, is it because that we have more access to trivial activities? We have more distractions, more things we could right. do. Yeah. Um, or is there a flip side to that where we have less of a sense of, of purpose? We have less of a sense of the important things that we need to be doing. Yeah, I think that uh, both because uh, we, we have all those distractions just uh, in our pocket. So you, you have a, you, you have YouTube, you have Instagram, and it's easier than maybe ever in history to find a very fancy distraction all the time. And then uh, we live in a world that is full of possibilities. And we often experience what is called decision paralysis, like more choices you have, the more uh, difficult it is to choose at all. So and we are often overwhelmed. Uh, I, I do a lot of workshops at, uh, for companies. And what I feel that like uh, average employee these days is all overloaded by emails and uh, by so many priorities that at the end of the day, you feel that you accomplish almost nothing. And this kind of decision paralysis is uh, really core of procrastination because more choices you have, it's easier to do something that is really, really outside of uh, what you really should do. So basically, you can spend like hours reading some non-important articles uh, on Wikipedia. So you can <laughs> read endless uh, news articles. But at the end, you really feel empty. You feel disconnected because you don't do like things that are really purposeful and meaningful. So that's why topic of purpose is very connected to procrastination because one of the main reasons we procrastinate is a lack of purpose at work. Well, sure. I mean, I, I can certainly, I can certainly see that, that if you're feeling like your work doesn't matter, you're not getting anything done, well, then exactly. distractions come pretty yeah. easy. So since and I, of, I have a, yeah, I have a great example of that. Like yeah. uh, I live, I live in Manhattan, like three blocks from wall street. And, uh, there are many people that are doing, uh, like very uh, successful jobs. They have quite a lot of money, but like you feel that they are very disconnected. Like one, one third of, of people are depressed. And even though they have a, have a like fancy life from outside, from inside, uh, they're like zombies uh, without, uh, without a sense of meaning. So I think it's uh, one of, the main problems of a modern uh, workplace, like lack of uh, meaning and lack of purpose. Yeah, you and know, there's we... a lot of scientific data about that. So it's not, not just my opinion, but it's based on uh, like long-term studies. Yeah, speaking of you know, long-term studies, there's been a, you know, a lot of uh, studies done around employee engagement. You know, that's always right, a big right. topic in, uh -huh. in HR and business circles. And it, it, it's always struck me that when you look around at you know, the average person in, in the grocery store, when you're out walking on the street, you're, you know, most people look like they're disconnected from their lives. So it, right. it's hard to imagine why they would suddenly be connected once they show up at work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, the, the, there was a study uh, about depression, and it seems that one of the main reasons of 
uh, growth of depression in Western world is really a lack of purpose at work. But it's, it's, it's quite obvious that if you don't uh, do the work that you really enjoy and uh, you don't see any meaningful impact of your work, then you don't have many positive emotions, you have lower rate of uh, serotonin and dopamine in your brain. And it's quite sad because even though you are, you are earning quite a lot of money, money is not the, the answer for happiness. Like you can have a lot of money and still be depressed. Well, so what, what can people do? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about purpose more here in a minute, but before we get to purpose, is there, what can people do to help pull themselves out of just that mindless procrastination, you know, where mm-hmm. they're avoiding a tough decision or they're feeling disconnected or, you know, whatever's getting in their way. Are there simple things we can do to help us move forward? Yeah, but basically there are two strategies. One strategy is about willpower because what we see is that uh, willpower works like a muscle. You can really train your willpower in a long term. So we have studies about uh, identical twins and uh, one of those twins can have very strong willpower and the other can have very uh, weak willpower. So it seems that willpower is not just about genetics, but it's uh, about training. So you can really boost your your willpower uh, in the long term. So uh, for example, if you do 20 push-ups daily and uh, if I measure your muscles, in the long term, your, your muscles grow. And if I scan your brain uh, with fMRI, it seems that parts of the brain, like the prefrontal cortex, is also growing. So it's, it's quite important to know that uh, we can change ourselves in the long term in terms of willpower. So uh, th- that's a very positive uh, news because uh, even though you are a big procrastinator, you can really uh, get rid of this uh, bad habit. All right. So if, if I focus on, on it, I can over time become better and better at not procrastinating, at, at taking right. action. So you, you said two strategies. So that's that's the first one, just being aware of it and working on it and knowing yeah. that over time I'm going to get better. What's the second strategy? Yeah, the second strategy is about uh, your strengths and about uh, finding activities that you don't need to push yourself into. So for example, if you really enjoy, I don't know, uh, if you really enjoy to do talks or if you really enjoy to play tennis, uh, you don't need to push yourself to play tennis. So uh, I really think that one of key strategies is really not to fight procrastination key strategy is to find uh, activities that you really enjoy to do so then you don't procrastinate them. So for example, for me, it's all about finding your strengths and about the thing that if you use those strengths, you already enjoy the process. And there is a lot of, again, there is a lot of science that uh, if you enjoy the process, then you get results. So results are just the outcome of the situation when you really like uh, what you do. So the old saying that the path is the destination is really to the point and it's based on recent science. Well, you had mentioned that a lot of people are uh, disconnected, depressed, even if they're otherwise appear successful in their lives. Now, when, you know, when we, we choose a direction in our life, when we choose that career path, we're often quite young, you know, late teens, early twenties, and no one chooses a career that they think is going to make them unhappy. I mean, it sounds good at the time, but then, you know, yep. we get some experience. We learn more about that job. We learn more about who we are. 
And, you know, I, in my own life, I changed as much between 20 and 25 as I did between 15 and 20. And, you know, 25 and 35 was probably just as big of a leap. So, you know, I think we're all very different people by the time we kind of hit our mid thirties than we were when we were choosing a career. So how, when we think about purpose, how can we start, I guess, going back, you know, when we hit that stage in our life, we're like, wow, this isn't for me. How can we start seeking that purpose or figuring out maybe what we should be doing instead? All right. I think that the very important thing is that we live uh, statistically twice longer than people uh, 100 years ago. So, and it means that we have a lot of possibilities to really uh, try new things during our lives. So, and it's all about courage. Like if you try something new, even though you fail, at the end you feel happier. So I'm trying to encourage people to really start new projects and not to feel like, not to be afraid of failure because uh, some people, they are too scared to, to fail. At the end, they are unable to, to start things. And uh, I think it's the problem of Western societies that we uh, often take failure as, a, as a something that is uh, bad. And I think that failure is not that bad. Even though we fail, uh, we often learn something new. We have new experiences. So I'm encouraging people to try new things and just be okay with, with failure. It's, it's, it's a part of the uh, learning process and it's a part of actually the, the path of success is often about failures. You know, there's this, I think, myth in... Uh, Western society. I mean, you, you certainly see it in the movies anyway, where, you know, the hero, the the underdog is basically a natural at something. Uh-huh. And yet real life is very rarely like that. Even someone who has some sort of natural talent typically needs to develop it. And that does take right. time. That takes effort. That takes, it takes failure, like you, you mentioned. So how do we get comfortable with the idea of failure not defining us, but being just a natural part of the process. Yeah. Um, if you uh, see a, uh, like recent studies on this specific topic, it seems that uh, we need two key ingredients. First is passion and the second is persistence. If you have a passion, if you really like to do things, then even though you fail, you still love what you do. So I think that like finding things that you really do not just for outcomes, not just for results, but uh, finding things that you just enjoy doing is, uh, is one of uh, the biggest ideas of life. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, uh, one of the greatest psychologists, he did a long-term studies with best sportsmen, best entrepreneurs, and the outcome was that the best people in different domains, they have one thing, in common and there was a state of flow they really enjoyed the process and times uh, times stop for uh, them and if you are in a state of flow you don't procrastinate so state of flow is just the exact opposite of uh, procrastinate so it's like antidote for procrastination all right. So the, the tough question then is, how do you get into that state of flow? Now, I know he wrote an entire book helping us do that, but right, is, yeah. is there kind of a, a shortcut or summary of how we can get there? Yeah, the, I think that the key uh, idea is uh, really define your strengths because strengths are very, uh, like knowing your strengths. We all have strengths. Yeah, Someone is uh, s- systematic, someone 
is more creative, someone likes to work with people, someone likes to work with technologies. And if you know yourself, and if you really uh, are sensitive about your emotions, then you can really find uh, activities that you like, and you obviously can find activities that you don't like. And to, to, uh, to find the best life mission is uh, for me about uh, really defining your strengths. And there are a lot of tools. You can test yourself online. And at the end, if you deploy your strengths daily, uh, you are more in a state of flow. Are there any tools that you would particularly recommend? So if someone heard this and was curious, where, where can they start other than, you know, just like the entire internet? Yeah. In my book, I have a few tools. And one of my favorite one is uh, Habit List. Habit List is a uh, simple table. It's basically like habits tracker. And you really define like habits that you want to focus on daily. For example, cold shower in the morning, then 20 push-ups, then uh, read 10 pages of uh, book. And you just know down uh, every day if you, if, if you pass those habits or not. And at the end, uh, you get a visual feedback. You get a green dot if you pass the habit and red dot if you don't. And uh, after a few weeks, uh, you really see your progress. And this is really a key tool. Uh, I use this tool for 10 years now. And uh, this tool really changed a lot of my clients. It's a key uh, tool if you want to change your habits. You always need a kind of habits tracker because, for example, that's the main reason why New Year's resolutions doesn't work because you set a goal, but you don't uh, measure the goal daily. So if you, you tell yourself, okay, I want to start to exercise more. But at the end, after a few days, you are uh, back in all, all tracks. But if you have a habit list and if you measure those things daily, you are able to recognize that uh, you grow with small steps. So small steps is a very crucial part of this method. It's based on a Japanese concept of Tizen. It's an old samurai method that uh, the old samurais, they train themselves with small steps try to uh, overcome themselves with like only details but daily and i think that this is the, the key of uh, changing someone's behavior because you cannot change yourself from one day to another you, the only way how to change someone's behavior is only with small steps which is interesting because you know that runs almost counter to this idea of you know go big or go home you know just the you know we, we've got to make these sweeping changes which you mentioned New Year's resolutions those are often you know massive changes not right. the here's yeah, the direction if, I'm going. The problem is is that if you want to do a, a massive change you often fail and it, it undermines your uh, self esteem and uh, at the end uh, you feel powerless so small steps are very like easy going because it's easier to uh, succeed so for example if you want to start running the best strategy is not to go and run 10 miles the best strategy is to tell yourself okay let's run only 500 feet or let's spend 10 minutes on treadmill and if you are persistent if you go and run those uh, 500 feet like every second day it's much easier to sustain this habit and at the end uh, if you form a habit then you can increase the amount and you can really 
be able to run those 10 miles, but uh, gradually, and uh, this method is not unpleasant because you only you are only focusing on small changes. And it's uh, the best way even for other habits. For example, when I was writing a book, in the beginning, I told myself, write a chapter. And I was procrastinating that. And it was twice painful because I was procrastinating writing a book about procrastination. <laughs> and, uh, and then I told myself, well, how about to write two paragraphs daily? And two paragraphs is much easier and much pleasant amount. So at the end, I really started with those two paragraphs. And after few months, I formed a habit of writing and then I accomplished the whole book. So you can always deploy this strategy in all domains. You know, it's a, it's a nice reminder that the strategies that look good in the movies, you know, kind of being a natural at it, uh, making yeah. big sweeping changes, you know, getting better in a five minute montage with a nice music in the background. Um, you know, that, that's not real life. What works in real life is much more of, like you say, you know, understanding your strengths, uh, developing the habits, taking small steps and knowing that along the way we're going to fail, we're going to have setbacks and it's more about right. the steady progress versus the, you know, instant championship. Right. Um, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit here. So when we talk about purpose and the importance of purpose, lots of people talk about purpose. In fact, it, it, you know, my, my daughter's in college right now. And so I know for kids her age, I, I think it's almost overwhelming because they've heard their whole life, you know, you got to have this purpose to your life. And, you know, and they, have, they haven't a clue. And uh, most adults don't have a clue. So what is the, the purpose of purpose? What does having a clear purpose enable us to do? Yeah, I think that it's the best ingredient for long-term intrinsic motivation. And uh, again, there's a lot of uh, data, there's a huge meta-analysis about motivation, and it seems that extrinsic motivation doesn't work uh, in long-term. What works is uh, intrinsic motivation, and uh, the key ingredient is to have a strong sense of purpose. And uh, if I'm like helping my clients to find strong purpose, I'm always asking them how you can use your strengths for a greater good, like how, how, how you can positively change uh, communities that you are a part of, how you can do a positive impact on a society. So if you are not just selfish and if you are more selfless, then you have much more sense of meaning in life. And uh, that's maybe one of the main reasons why we don't feel purpose because uh, the Western society, again, is uh, mostly focused on a, on a selfish goals, like to have a great career, to uh, build a big house, to buy a fancy car. But uh, if you are just selfish, then you don't have that kind of uh, strong positive emotion. And uh, there was a study, like they asked uh, people what was the strongest moment in their life. And mostly people describe moments of uh, selflessness, like they uh, stopped next to an accident and they saved someone's life and, or they like influence life of someone else in a positive manner. So I think that selflessness 
uh, is really an antidote for self being selfish. So uh, humbleness and uh, those virtues are uh, key for really having a, a happy and a successful life. So why doesn't that get more press? <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, we uh, I mean, it's more, we're, we're told, you know, the individual success and pursuing the, the material goals, you know, that's kind of what's hammered into us by Madison Avenue and just our comparisons <laughs> to those around us. Right. But then as you point out that, many most people are, are kind of miserable once they get there and yet rather than stepping back and going you know what i'm going to switch gears I'm, I'm going to be more selfless i'm going to help others it's almost like we we just double down on the path that we're going on right and i think that uh we should uh, like teach kids this uh like ideology because uh if you see like how schools uh are designed they are very competitive. And at the end, kids think that their success is a, uh, the best outcome. But if you teach kids that a success of others is the best outcome, you really uh, have a different environment. And uh, there were some pilot studies on that, that if you teach kids mindfulness, if you teach them uh, how to be more uh, uh, k- kindness and uh, those virtues at the end they are not just happier but they have better health better relationships in the long term so i really think that uh, kindness is kind of re- religion 2.0 like uh, it, it's a it's a best strategy not to just be happy with your life but uh, it's a strategy of uh, having a uh, great relationships and be a good manager, be a good father, mother, and that's just kindness. Right? That I, I've, we've never really, I'm kind of stumbling over the words here, Peter, sorry, <laughs> but you know, um, the jump from between procrastination and purpose, you know, that makes sense. I've never thought about them that way as being kind of on the you know, flip side of the same coin. Yeah, and then, uh, there are, there are. For me, procrastination is just a uh, uh, red uh, blinking light that you have a problem. And uh, basically, if you procrastinate, you have two kinds of problem. You have a lack of purpose or you have lack of willpower. And if you fix those two, then you don't procrastinate. If, if you love what you do, if you do something meaningful and you have a willpower to continue after the failure, then what more? So and, uh, there is a beautiful uh, Japanese proverb that is describing uh, the uh, exact same idea and it follows like vision without action is a daydream and action without vision is a nightmare and it really describes two main problems that we have like first problem is uh, vision without action uh, many people they know what to do but they don't do that but what is even worse is the second part of the proverb uh, action without vision those are those uh, people that uh, they are working on projects, but they don't see any positive impact. And basically we need uh, those two ingredients. We need to have a strong vision. We have to know what to do, uh, not just for ourselves, but for others. And then we have to be able to perform the action, like to really push yourself daily and learn habits and so on. So vision plus action is two main ingredients of uh, having a... 
fulfill lives in the long term. Well, and you took purpose uh, a, a little bit deeper or a slightly different direction than I, I think we typically hear. You know, we hear about, you know, you should have purpose in your life and, and all of that, but then you took it to, but purpose isn't necessarily about us. Purpose is how are we impacting others, or at least that is exactly, a yeah. component of it. Yeah, it, it's the best and, definition of purpose, how you can influence not yourself, but others. Because that's a totally different way of thinking about it. That, I think, you know, and, I, and I'm thinking as I'm speaking here, but kind of pulls us out of the, well, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what my one true purpose is and moves it into the, but I can always find ways to help others that play to my strengths. Exactly. And uh, I think that there was a study and it seems that if you are selfish, you have a high risk of depression. So the best antidote for depression is really not to think just about yourself, but ask yourself how you can contribute to uh, the society so you can uh, visit a, a retirement house and you can like, do a, a volunteer job there only for a few hours weekly. And at the end, uh, it's the best way how you can boost your uh, happiness, not to focus on your happiness, but focus on happiness of others. That's amazing how we, we started this conversation just, you know, like, hey, how do I stop procrastinating? You know, how, do I, how do I get off Instagram? Uh, <laughs> and, and now we're, we're to, you know, how can we help improve the society around us and improve the people right. around yeah. us? And so, I mean, I, I love that transition that it, it may not be about just solving how do I stop procrastinating, but really how do I have more meaning and impact and fulfillment in my life, which naturally removes the need or desire to procrastinate. Right. And uh, I have a, a short story. Like three years ago, I, I found an NGO uh, that is uh, focusing on doing uh, workshops in retirement houses for free. So basically, I have a team of five people that is uh, going around retirement houses and they do uh, workshops about procrastination, but for elderly. And it's so meaningful. And I really love this part of my work because uh, it's an NGO. You do it for free. You have a team of uh, volunteers, but you really see that those people are uh, the most uh, fulfilled people that I know. Because uh, even though they do that only like a few hours weekly, at the end, the impact on uh, their happiness is uh, huge. So uh, this is an uh, example of what we are discussing, like it's not about ourselves, but it's about asking like how we can contribute to the society. Well, that might be uh, a good place to wrap up here. Cause I, you know, like I say that that's a lot of ground we covered. Um, <laughs> I, I love that connection to something deeper that the idea that maybe when we're stuck, it's because we're not thinking big enough about what excites us, what jazzes us, what, how we could be contributing to the world. Right. So if people want to find more about you, uh, your book, the things that you've offered, where, where would they find you? Yeah, it's easy. Uh, our website is procrastination.com. Uh, so we have a domain with procrastination. So uh, if you Google procrastination or if you uh, put procrastination.com, then you can find uh, other sources. We have some free videos on our YouTube channel, or you can read the book. Yeah, the book uh, 
It's called The End of Procrastination, and it has 17 translations, so you can read it in whatever language you want, so you can <laughs> learn Chinese or Japanese uh, reading my book. And uh, then you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, at P-E-T-R-L-U-D-W-I-G. So Peter Ludwig is my name. And uh, I really believe that... Uh, like those ideas uh, are global these days because we are all uh, like global citizens and we have the same struggles even though you live in Tokyo, even though you live in Europe, even though you live in States. So I think that uh, we really can improve our lives and lives of others by uh, deploying those ideas into our daily lives. So that's, that's my uh, basically mission for 2020 to do more talks uh, around the globe to help people not just to fight procrastination, but to find their purpose. So question I always ask all my, all my guests is how can the listener help you? I mean, you, you obviously dedicate quite a bit of your life to helping others. Wow. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a you? great question. Thank you. Well, uh, I moved to New York one year ago and, uh, so I'm living like 50% in States, 50% in Europe. And my life in Europe is very different than my life in the U.S. Because uh, if I'm in Europe, I have many, many uh, like speaking opportunities. Basically, uh, I'm like sold out, and I have like uh, talk every like last week, I, uh, last month, I had like 15 talks in Europe. But still, when I'm in states, uh, I, I don't have that many uh, speaking opportunities. So if you if you do an event and if you want to. Like, invite me, I can deliver a talk about procrastination in states because uh, for me, it's a key mission for 2020 to uh, be more uh, in the U.S. and deliver more keynotes there. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on today, Peter. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a great discussion. And thank you for having me.